0: Everyone just relax And welcome to The Set With Sir Derrico Set meaning sports, entertainment, therapy After this year's Royal Rumble Naturally, Twitter exploded with messaging, saying that this was the worst show ever, and that, quote, A.E.W. is going to buy WWE in a few years, end quote. However, if you just take a step back and think about things for just a minute, you may realize that there are some long-term storytelling going on here that will play itself out. On the road to WrestleMania. Now I acknowledge that certain things didn't go the way that I thought that they should have either, but I don't feel it was egregious enough to feel the need to burn down Titan Towers. So let's break down where the most controversy is and I will explain to all of you but particularly the the internet wrestling community why it just needs to calm down just a little bit Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns Seth Rollins wins by DQ after Roman Reigns chokes him out and won't let go despite the fact that Rollins has his hand on the ropes Reigns then proceeds to beat the holy hell out of him with a chair This was the perfect way to end this match not only Does it keep Rollins in the title picture through WrestleMania, but Reigns also gets revenge for the architect breaking up The Shield a mere eight years ago? The fact that Rollins came out in riot gear to The Shield's old music was an awesome touch as well. The Women's Royal Rumble match. Ronda Rousey makes her return at number 28 and goes on to win the match. Of the two Royal Rumble matches, I thought this was the most entertaining. Some great, fun returns, good setting up of storylines going into WrestleMania season, and the return of one of the most outstanding competitors in the women's division in the last ten years, in Ronda Rousey. Also seeing Mickie James come out to her hardcore country song with the Impact's Knockout Championship, was one of the most historic moments in WWE history, so we can all relax about that. Dewdrop versus Becky Lynch, Becky Lynch defeats Dewdrop to retain her championship. Now I think we all need to relax on this one, because I feel like that this match was in a tough spot, both of the fire that because of both of the fire that burned the WrestleMania logo, as well as this match following the royal uh, the women's Royal Rumble match. Although we all knew that Lynch was getting the win and was going to retain, Dewdrop looked great, which I hope will set her up to have a stellar 2022. She's earned that opportunity to have the spotlight. Bobby Lashley vs. Brock Lesnar After a referee bump, Roman Reigns returns, spears Brock Lesnar. Paul Heyman assists with this process, turning on Lesnar, and allowing Bobby Lashley to win back the WWE Championship. We all knew that this was going to or it was going to be Reigns versus Lesnar at WrestleMania 38. So, again, we can relax. There's no need for surprise at this result. Also, who is to say that Heyman turning on Lesnar wasn't the beginning of a double turn that takes place at WrestleMania? Ashley held his own against Lesnar and now the door is wide open for whoever will challenge him for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. The Miz and Maurice versus Edge and Beth Phoenix with Edge and Beth Phoenix getting the win. Not too much to say here. This match was simply fun. And now the men's Royal Rumble match. Brock Lesnar enters the match at the number 30 spot and goes on to get the win. Now, I will admit this is where most of the controversy is, and I will be the first to admit that this is not how I would have booked the ending of this match either. Lesnar didn't need the Royal Rumble win to get to Reigns at WrestleMania, that could have been an easy story to tell over the coming weeks leading up to the big show. Also, I wish there would have been more returns. Only Bad Bunny and Shane McMahon were the surprises outside of Lesnar, which I will admit Made the match a bit boring, and I will admit that, because we're all about relaxation and calm and just letting things be. And I let things be, as you should too. However, can you argue with the storytelling here? Lesnar gets screwed, comes back in the Rumble match, gets the victory, and now has the opportunity to upstage the guy that screwed him on the grandest stage of them all. Reigns, Lesnar, and Heyman have been the best storyline in professional wrestling for at least six months. And every time they are on television, we all acknowledge it is pure gold. Why wouldn't we want to see that one more time at Wrestlemania? It will be the culmination of a story that began when Heyman allied himself with Reigns back in the Thunderdome era. and And involves the two best characters in wrestling. while it wasn't perfect this was a great way to set things up on the road to WrestleMania however because it isn't what the internet wrestling community wants it therefore must have been a complete disaster oh wait that's not right at all as with all things in professional wrestling there is an immediate gut reaction to how bad something is however I would encourage you to just Give it time. Let the story play out to the end. Things always seem to work out, and at the end of the story, almost everyone is happy. This has been Sports Entertainment Therapy. Let's just relax.
1: I'm afraid I've got some bad. That.
2: Well, once you hit rock bottom, the only way to go is up, so so good luck, okay? Good luck.
1: I mean, you say rock bottom, but, like, it just seems like things keep getting worse. What, what is rock bottom? Who decides what's the bottom of all this? I mean, seriously, you go, okay, today is Friday, and I woke up in Cleveland, and I'm going, how much worse can it get? Work times time. Just begin to, to be somebody Please just believe pain Never pay anything Follow me, baby, 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 baby Baby, you can
2: I'm still
3: hello ladies and germs welcome to episode two hundred and ninety five of the hoots podcast It's your boy Joshi e. Lopez you can find me on twitter at Lopez. make sure to hit me up at instagram at uh lopez ninety four that's j o s h i e lopez ninety four on instagram and if you want to see me do some guitar cards make sure to check out um josh Lopez music as well um uh, so here at the good bird studio it's thursday february third two thousand and twenty two we're five episodes away reaching episode 300 here in the Hoots Podcast. I've been plugging it nonstop. If you want to participate in episode 300 and give us any audio shout-outs or congratulations, uh, all you have to do is send us the MP3 file to the Hoots Podcast at gmail.com. And um, I'll play all those once episode 300 comes, and I'm looking forward to getting those uh, clips from you guys. And I appreciate all of you who've taken the time to support the show over the last six years. And as it gets... Closer, closer to three hundred. I feel like I feel it's coming. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be an awesome show. Um, It's gonna be a very humbling day. Some might say it might be legend. Wait for it, dairy. Yes, (laughs) I'm I'm very excited for episode three hundred. I'm just excited for the day to come and we could reach it, and then see where the show goes from there. So uh, again, just thank you for everybody that supports this podcast for what it is and. Um, allowing myself and Burkhart to be ourselves, more importantly. So, um you'll hear Burkhart later on, uh, for what the hell is wrong with AEW. Um got a lot to talk about as well. Um I guess <laughs> Eric Bischoff went off on seltzer, so I'm gonna be uh playing that clip uh while recording it later. But here on Facebook uh, Facebook every Thursday, as I get into my recording process, kind of breaking the fourth wall here, you guys, when we do the Good Birds Q&A session, I record the Q&A on Facebook, so shout out to everybody on Facebook watching this, and um, yeah, when we do the Good Birds Q&A session, we uh, take questions about wrestling, live sports, relationships, anything that's on your mind. Uh, we got questions this week from Chris Aletta and Nate DeGrade, so Appreciate those good brothers for always participating in this segment. It's one of my favorite parts of the show because I get to interact with you guys. A couple last things to plug before we get into the Q and A. First off and most importantly, please uh, subscribe and follow the podcast anywhere you get your podcast from. Make sure to type in Hoots Podcast. It's easy to find. And because um, you're free of charge, we don't have a Patreon account. Uh, this is the Hoots Podcast. So go check it out. Subscribe and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. Secondly, and our last plug here for the opening part of this podcast, make sure to bookmark Pro Wrestling Transcriptions.com. Thank you guys very much. All right, let's get into it. Good Birds Q&A session. Like I said, if you ever want to participate in this, you can send me questions to at Josh Lopez Media on Twitter or the Hoots podcast at gmail.com. You're going to start off like we usually do with the good bird at Chris Zaletta at XZaletta24X on the Twitter uh, he says, "What up, boost? Here's some questions for the Q and A this week: Bengals and Rams Super Bowl prediction and thoughts. Um, I'll start off with thoughts. I'm I'm happy. I'm really happy for the fans in Cincinnati. Uh, even though I think Ohio is probably the dumpiest state in God's green earth of any kind." <laughs> Uh, the entire state can go the fuck home and stay the state of fuck home, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but uh, I'm happy and excited for those fans because it's something different. I'll be honest with you. Uh, the fact that we're having no representation from the two douchebags from State Farm, Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and Super Bowl, just makes me happy as a sports fan, so I don't have to sit through that. Uh, I'll be honest with you guys. I'm not really a big fan of the L.A. Rams. I do support Letter Floyd because I think he was – One of the players that was run out of the city by our local media and Matt Nagney. So the fact that he gets to play the Super Bowl when people were telling me that, oh, Leonard Floyd can't play. Leonard Floyd can't play. Well, look at the impact he's making on the the Rams. Um, So I'm happy for him, but I'm just intrigued for the matchup. Um, I've been become a big fan of Joe Burrow and his. Progression over the last couple of seasons and how he carries himself, and I think he has a bright future ahead of him. I think it'll be an interesting game. You know, it, I always say football is always one in the trenches. It doesn't matter who your quarterback is or receivers or anything like that. If if the old line is punching the D line in the mouth, uh, the the team is not going to win, or vice versa. You know, what I mean, and you got. You got a bad O line with the Bengals and a good D-line with the um the Rams. So I think it'd be a tricky game. Um curious to see what the outlook is gonna be in the stadium because they're in LA and even then they don't even have all their fans sell out the stadium. So I'm curious to see how that goes. I think for me, I'm just excited because it's a different type of matchup that we're getting for the Super Bowl. And secondly, um I'm really excited for the Super Bowl hat time show. So um, it'll be a week from Sunday, yep, February 13th. So it should be a good time. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it should be a good game. As far as my prediction, if I could say right now, I'd probably say that the Rams will win by a touchdown or less only because of the defensive line uh, getting too much pressure at Joe Burrow. You don't want to get injured and, um, Yeah, it should be interesting contest, but I'm not going to say it's going to be a blowout either. So, right now, I could go with the Rams, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals win. Who knows? My pick may change by this time next week. Who knows? (laughs) So, uh, shout out to everybody that's throwing Super Bowl parties as well and getting your Super Bowl uh, betting squares. I usually don't get to that betting stuff because I'm not good at it, but um, so (laughs) Uh, shout out to anybody that does do that, so. Um, I'll be chilling here in my in my apartment. Uh watch Super Bowl by myself probably and it should be a good time. Um next question. Thoughts on the hiring of Matt Eberflus? Uh thanks for the question, Chris. Um yeah, I'm I can't sit here today on February third, two thousand twenty-two and tell you what Matt Eberflus is gonna be or what his potential is gonna be as a Bears head coach. I'll tell you from what I've heard from the press conference, I watched the entire thing. Uh, I listened to this is his interview with Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000 following the inter- uh, following the press conference. Same thing with Ryan Poles. Uh, I like what I hear. Um, I, I admit that I'm kind of scarred as a Bears fan, so you really don't know what to really trust or whatever. And I'm not coming here tell you expect the worst forever or say that, oh, Matt Ibrafus won't – be the Bears head coach by the time they moved to Arlington Heights. I can't say that. It's too early to say. I like to give people a chance, and I thought he made a good uh, first impression. And, you know, there's a couple of things he said in the press conference that I really liked, you know, about accountability and being disciplined and having effort. And how many times is uh, uh, for the Bears fans that listen to this podcast, how many times have you seen guys, you know, get easy touchdowns where a guy falls down and the Bears doesn't even touch him. And, you know, this other stuff, the penalties and stuff like that. I feel like Matt Eberfus with his resume and how the Colts were playing as a defense, I think he's going to bring that accountability to the team. I think it's a good decision on his behalf that he's not going to be calling plays for the Bears because you're you're the CEO, you're the head coach. you got to oversee everything. And I think that was much of the... the demise of Matt Nagy where he was so fixated on his side of the ball what he forgot to be a leader and secondly he wasn't the CEO of the entire team so um yeah there's a lot of stuff with Matt Nagy that I don't want to really get into right now I can do it on another show but uh for me I just uh, I like what I've seen so far and you know uh the whole thing with hits and, you know, getting turnovers, kind of like how it was with Lovie Smith back in the day. I'm excited to see what what this looks like. Uh, I, I, really, I, been, I was really impressed by Ryan Poles and how he carried himself at the press conference. You're hearing a lot of good things about him from people that worked with him. The guy stayed with the Chiefs under three different administrations. Think about that. That's not... <laughs> that. That's something about your ability in a position like that to stay with three general managers, uh, it's a good sign for him. So, um, hopefully, things get fixed sooner or later. And I'm giving these guys a clean slate. And I'm not gonna say, oh, they're gonna be the saviors and the bears or anything like that. I just want to see it play out and then see where it goes from there. Um, that's a good question, though. Uh, next one is Kaylee Ray, the one to the Mandy Rose. I don't think Kaylee Ray is the one to, to throw Mandy Rose, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if she won. Uh, I think the one to the throw Mandy Rose is Cora Jade, but that's just my opinion. Um, thoughts on the Brian Floris situation? I, I figured this one was coming up. Um, I think it's a, another example of another widely recognized brand. In corporation that lacks self-awareness. You know, uh, you can commend them for uh, you know, through the whole having the images of the Black Lives Matter move behind the helmets. Uh, but, you know, as they try to do one thing they do something else that makes their lead look bad. And I talked about this with uh, my brother Adam Daly about this. We talked about the fact of kind of shadiness that comes from the military side and how that that's promoted. And um, it's just, I'm not really surprised, but you know, the Rudy rule was implemented in 2003 to have more diversity and give more opportunities for interviews in the process of hiring head coaches and stuff like that. And I'm glad to say as a Bears fan, that we're able to have a African-American general manager, Uh, Alan Williams, who's the new defensive coordinator for the Bears is a person of color. And I think that's cool. But, again, uh, the whole thing with Brian Flores is very interesting because I don't think he's in a place where he's wrong. You can understand why he's frustrated. First off, how he had to deal with the nonsense in Miami. Uh, Steven Ross is one of the shittiest owners in sports, and this going to come out and say it. Um, the fact that you're going to make your coach have a sentence to tank. I-, I don't respect that as a fan. I don't even like taking in baseball or any sport. I, I never agreed with tanking. There's so many years I would hear ESPN 1000 and the score and be like, oh, my God, the Bulls should take to get a higher draft pick. The Bears should take to get a higher high, higher draft pick. Fuck that. This is a competitive where you got people putting their bodies on the line and trying to raise money for their own families, and you're going to spit on the integrity of the game because you want to take and try to get yourself in a position for a draft pick that you don't even know is going to work out for you or not. I have no respect for that shit, and let alone the fact that you had the guy take take the Dolphins, and then he doesn't even get a chance to pick the quarterback that he wanted in the first place. It, it, it's just ridiculous. The fact that there's only one African American head coach in the NFL is bullshit. I I, I don't respect that. And I'm glad for it that he took the temerity to file this lawsuit because so many times you hear throughout the world, it's not just football, but it's wrestling too. You hear that Andrew Yang douchebag that says one second, oh, I'm going to form a committee of people and we're going to bring a union to wrestling. Where the fuck, Where's the fuck is that? I've been waiting for two years for that. Where's the, where's the wrestling union at? You know, um, I, for me, I respect people who take on the actions and the stuff that's bothering them. You know, you can say a lot of things. You can complain about a lot of things. What are you going to do about it? Here's your life lesson here, guys, for the Who's podcast this week. Stop complaining. Stop going at soap soapboxes if you're not going to do anything to fix the issue that you're dealing with or what's bothering you at that moment. Stop complaining. Do something about it. I have a lot of respect for Brian Flores because – He's not going to sit there and try to make people feel sorry for him. He's going to take action in his own hands, and I, I commend him for that because it's, it is a risk. He's risking his entire coaching career on this. But he, at some point, do you want to make change or you just want to sit back and talk about, oh, we need to make change? All these people in wrestling, oh, we got to form a union. We got to do this to change the structure of WWE. Do something about it. Step up. You want to change these corporations? You want to change things in the world? You want to change other issues? Do something about it. Stop talking about it. Honestly, that's my life lesson for everybody. Stop talking and do what's bothering you. You're not going to find the answers to your issues or remedies for the problems that you're having if you're not going to act upon it. So sweep of water for that. <laughs> Next question. Who do you think Rhonda chooses for Mania? Um I'll leave it up to her. You know, at the end of the day, like I I'm not gonna come here. If you if you don't like Charlotte Flair, cool. More power to you. But I just don't get where wrestling fans always get in this stupid bind where, oh, Dave Meltzer said this is going to be the match of WrestleMania. So, oh, we got to find a reason to shit out that match. Like, at some point, when are you going to stop allowing this dude to dictate how you feel about professional wrestling? Think about that. When are you could have the ability to stop letting the Sean Ross Saps of the world, Dane Meltzer, et cetera, et cetera, to speak for you as a wrestling fan? If you don't like Charlotte Flair generally and you're not a fan of her, cool, more power to you. I'm not going to tell you how to fan. But to say you don't want to see Charlotte Flair and Roderick Rousey because, oh, Dane Meltzer reported this, this is a planned match. This is the same schmuck that said that Braun Strowman was going to fight The Undertaker at WrestleMania 32. Stop taking what this guy says as a fucking gospel, man. And here's the thing. Ronda and Charlotte have a good match. They had a good match at Survivor Series uh, 2018. I, Of course, the big money match would be Ronda and Becky Lynch. Do you think that deserves a bigger stage in LA next year? I don't know. But if you're if you're not generally a fan of Charlotte Flair and you don't want to see that match, more power. I don't begrudge you. But don't say you don't want to see that match because old oh, Dave Belcher said, oh, this is the original pencil did match. He's not backstage. How the fuck does he know what's originally planned? 50 plus years of conning people, of backhanded sources? Stop. You're fooling yourself, guys. You really are. Next question: Will this New Japan show Chicago be your first New Japan show? Um, I want to go. I'm kind of in the bind right now because I want to buy tickets for Eagles concert. Uh, they're doing a Hotel California uh, concert where they're playing the entire album uh, from front to back, and they're playing a greatest hits set after. It's gonna be a super dope concert in uh, at the United Center in March. It's kind of expensive, but I, I'm going to try to find my way to make it out there. Um, the tickets go out for this New Japan show on Friday. It's out of Villa Park. I really don't have anybody out there to drive me out there. You know what I mean? I'd love to go. Uh, I, I, I'd love to make it because I because New Japan is my favorite wrestling promotion outside of the WWE. And the time I got to cover their events and to get to see my favorite New Japan wrestler, uh, like Ishii in person, definitely. Awesome, so uh, I'm going to try my best. Uh, The prices are not that bad from what I saw for tickets and stuff. It's it's pretty fair, and um, i will love to go. It's not a guarantee. I'll have to see how it goes on Friday. The tickets go on sale at noon uh, Chicago time, so it should be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Do you see as many question marks as I do for AEW heading towards revolution. You know what, Chris? I'll answer that question in what the hell is wrong with AEW. Because it, it's a fair question, and it's something I'll talk about in there. Uh, with Punk's first loss, where does he go from here? Do you think he takes a little break off screen? Um, I don't think he takes a break off screen. I think Punk is in it for the long run. It's just depending on him. If it's something where he wants to take a break after this MJ feud, more parts to him. If not, if he, if, he, if he feels like he needs to go to another level and get to a different view, more for him. I mean, for me, just me being the C-A-Punk fan that I am, I'm just happy that he's back and whatever he wants to do, more parts to him. You know, he doesn't owe us anything. He doesn't owe us to come back to wrestling. And the fact that he's back and he's doing what he's doing and the fact that he pulled off the match that he did last night. Uh, The guy's, he's my goat for a reason, man. And um, whatever he wants to do, I'm going to support it. So I appreciate Chris for the questions this week. He killed it as always my brother. I appreciate it. Um, Next batch of questions come from Nate the Great. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Psycho the Geary. Nate, I want to know your thoughts on the whole Jim Harbaugh stuff. Pay uh, me up at Twitter. I love to get your thoughts on what what what, what went down during that nonsense the other day. Um, not to ask you to really compare, but did you enjoy your AEW live show experience more than a WWE show? Um, I'll talk a little bit more about this and what the hell is wrong with AEW. But um, I this is my second AEW event that I went, and there are. Stark differences in the experience of an AW show and WWE show, but uh, I'm not going to do the preparing game. I just I'll, I'll just say that I've had more enjoyment watching an AW show live, um, in person than watching it on TV. That's what I'll say. Um, so I would say I enjoyed this experience more than. WWE just could see a pump there. that that just be a fair. Uh, I have a lot of time. I have a lot of good sides uh, when I go to WWE shows. It's just uh, two different companies with two different philosophies. And for me, I wasn't really thinking about WWE when I was at the show last night. So I was just trying to uh, enjoy the experience for what it was and see for myself, Watch it in person, see if what I've been saying uh, on the podcast is true or maybe my thoughts on certain characters would change. There's, there's an act that I saw on dark elevation last night that will be airing on Monday. And I've been ripping on these guys a lot since the inception of the segment that now I'm a fan of theirs. So <laughs> uh, it's a different thing, but I would not say that, Oh, my, my experience at AW is better than WWE. They have their differences. They have their flaws. Uh, I, for me, when I go to wrestling shows, guys, this is just me. I really don't think about other promotions. I'm there to enjoy myself and enjoy the show that I'm watching at that time. So that's how I'll answer that question. Do you want WWE to end the brand split? Uh, yes, I've been saying that for two and a half years. Yes, I, I would like the um, brand split to end. Uh, what would you like Cesaro to do at Wrestlemania. I would like Cesaro to beat Seamus for the Intercontinental Championship at Wrestlemania. Boom. <laughs> favorite How I Met Your Mother episode. Oh, man. This one's going to take a while. Bear with me, guys. I, I have... You guys know How I Met Your Mother is my favorite uh, TV show, right? Uh, by the way, shout out to all of you who enjoyed the <laughs> wrestling playbook. Uh, I, sometimes <laughs> I can't believe the shit that comes out of my mouth sometimes, and it pops me. But I'm glad that you guys got a kick out of the gist of what the segment was last week. We did with the wrestling playbook. It's up on our YouTube channel if you haven't heard it yet. The entire uh, playbook segment. And I love the I love that show, man. It's fucking awesome. I can watch it anytime. Um, How I mentioned mother episode, I, I say the season one finale. Uh it's just two trash differences of emotions with Marshall and Lily breaking up where she was going to San Francisco and the whole thing with Ted and the rain dance and <laughs> Barney doing his stuff. And uh, for for those who don't know, I'm I'm I was really a big fan of Ted and Robin's relationship. Uh that was my favorite couple on the show. So that one really stands out to me. The uh, kind of similar to the Sunrise episode where he uh Metaphorically let her go um, there's other ones that really stand out um, I mentioned the Ty Travers episode where he's like uh forty five days before I meet you to his wife, which was really good uh another, another one my favorites from How I Metry rather, brother uh when it comes to Ted and Robin was the slapsgiving episode the very first one the ver- uh in season three uh slapsgiving. Uh that was a lot of fun, so those those are the ones that are off the top of my head but that's a that's a really good question. Last question for the q and a this week coolest tattoo you saw get done at the shop great question um well, I told the story about the Amy Whitehouse chick uh that was probably the weirdest one that I saw outside of the one guy that got the Tattoo of a uh, uh, of John Cusack holding the boombox. I forgot the name of that movie, but you guys know what time where John Cusack's outside of the chick's house and he's holding a boombox, playing a love song or something like that. I forgot the name of the movie, but uh, there was a random guy that came in on a Friday that was like, Oh, can I get this tattoo? I was like, All right, <laughs> more power to you, pal. <laughs> Uh, I've seen a lot of weird stuff and funny tattoo requests at the tattoo shop. I'll say that. Uh, the coolest one for me that I saw was a a, a sleeve of D- uh, I, I don't want to get this wrong. Spider-Man is Marvel, right? Or DC. whoever. Okay, so the guy got a sleeve of Venom is the evolution of Spider-Man you know, Peter Parker. Uh he had the second one was uh the updated version of uh Peter Parker, the one with Tom Holland. And then the third one was Venom, the dark side of it. So those it was a really dope sleeve that uh buddy of mine, Daryl did a few years ago. Pretty fucking dumb. I wish I took the I I took a picture of him myself, which was dumb, but it was really dumb. It was the evolution of Spider-Man on the left-hand side, th- the evolution of spider man sleeve. Pretty, pretty dope. Uh, i seen a lot of cool ones. I, I had to uh, watch somebody get a Cubs World Series tattoo 2018, and I don't even think they made the World Series there, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, there's a lot of funny stories from my time working at the tattoo shop and requests and stuff like that that I could get to uh, as the shows go on. But I appreciate the tattoo question. I appreciate uh, you, of course, Good Brothers, as always. I appreciate uh, Chris as well, and I appreciate all of you. So thank you guys so much for hanging out with me for this week's edition of the Good Brothers Q&A session. When we come back, I'll give you my thoughts on what happened at the Royal Rumble and we're going to have a little state of the address of the wrestling media this week in WWE right here on the Hoots Podcast Alright guys, welcome back to the Hoots Podcast Time to talk about what happened this week in WWE Um, I guess you started off with the Royal Rumble right? Um, This is what everybody's talking about Oh my god! This was the worst Royal Rumble event of all time Right? That, that's the uh, prevailing takeaway for the show on uh, Saturday. I have, I have my thoughts. Um, it's not going to be pleasant for you who are the wrestling Twitter elk of the world. But, you know what? I'm Josh Lopez, and I speak for myself. I had a really good time on Saturday night. Um, I had... Um, my uncle, Jeremy, who's my wrestling guy, uh, my, also my former boss, (laughs) he came to check out my apartment for the first time and he came by and watched the Rumble with me. So I had a really good time watching the show as it was going on because I had my uncle with me and it was just a good time. We were both in agreement that the show was good. Uh, we would not say this is a great Royal Rumble event. Nor were we even feeling that this was going to be a all-time worst Rumble event. And I've made it a habit myself to make sure that I do whatever I can to stay off of Twitter during live WWE pay-per-view events. Because if you believe anything that's spewed on Twitter during a WWE show, you think it's the worst promotion that's ever existed. And I just take a lot of those opinions on Twitter with a grain of salt. Because those are the same people looking for reasons to bitch on the show. They're not really watching it. So I wasn't really surprised by the fake outrage that I saw on Saturday night going into Sunday. And look, can you say that the show was predictable? Sure, but... Do you take any accountability in that? I'll ask you guys that question. For you that's listening to this podcast that was upset with the Royal Rumble event uh, this past Saturday, do you take any accountability for it being predictable? Do you take any accountability for yourself fantasy booking and refreshing wrestling websites every day trying to figure out who's going to be a surprise entrance and then complain there wasn't no real surprise entrance? So you can play the game too, you know? So you can play the game. I call it like I see it. And I see a lot of dumb, (laughs) dumb decisions and decisions people make on social media. And then they complain about the same thing that they did to themselves. And... You're upset that Brock Lesnar won the World Rumble. You're upset that Ronda Rousey uh, won the Women's Royal Rumble match. You're upset that Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins ended in a disqualification. Even though if you watched any of the segments going into the match, did you really believe this match was not going to have a beatdown of Seth Rollins to the likes of uh, Batman being the shit out of the Joker? Because Seth Rollins has been playing the Joker role this entire freaking time heading towards this match. With the history you you, you did you, you you just sat there and thought you were gonna have a clean finish with Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins that kicked off the show and thought, hey, you know what, we're gonna have a clean finish, we're gonna have a clean wrestling match. You you thought the tribal chief was not gonna give Seth Rollins a receipt for what happened with the shield. You you just saw, you just sat there and thought, oh, this match is not gonna end in the disqualification. There's something about wrestling, and, I, I, and there's a lot of suspense from AEW where they think because you get clean finishes all the time on their shows, that means that their talents are not buried. And it's a proper way to end matches on TV and pay-per-views instead of, oh, this is lazy booking, This is a cop-out thing. Well, actually look at it from what the story was being told in the match and going into the program. Is it really lazy that it edited DQ? Is the DQ what your takeaway from what that match was? and the story they told in the match? Oh, Seth Rollins comes down to the ring before the match in S.H.I.E.L.D. gear. He's taking credit for all of Roman Reigns' success. He, he's smiling and laughing about turning his back on uh, Roman Reigns and John Moxley. Heading into the pay-per-view. And you don't think Roman Reigns is going to do something about it? Just think about that logically, because these are the same people that always talk about. Oh my god, I I can't believe there's not enough logic applied to wrestling. Tell me the logic of a straight up finish with Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. What does that do for Seth? Because you would be the same person complaining. Oh my god, that made Seth look bad. He just lost to a guillotine choke. Oh, he made Seth look bad. He he just lost to the spear. Oh, so predictable that Roman Reigns is going to retain. Either way, you're gonna find a reason to bitch about it, right? Let us be honest. Let's be honest with each other, guys. I I, for my time covering the wrestling industry since 2013, I've seen all the trends. I know the games before they're even sent out on Twitter. I know what tweets are gonna be looked like before they're even press send. <laughs> and. It's sad because I don't know what's more predictable. The stuff that happened in Rumble or the stuff people were going to bitch about on Twitter. i am call this fade spade a spade. Let's talk about some other stuff that happened on the show. Um... I felt bad for Becky Lynch and Piper Niven. I thought they had a very good match, but uh, stuck in the following uh, a Royal Rumble match. It's never an easy position to be in the card, and I thought they made the most of what their match was, and I thought it was a good showing for Piper, which was the intended goal of the match. So I wasn't really surprised that Becky Lynch won, but I thought it was a good sh- uh, spotlight match for Piper Niven, and just a fortunate fact that they had to follow the uh, Women's Royal Rumble match. Um other stuff, uh the Edge and uh Beth Phoenix mixed tag match with Miss Maurice. I thought that was a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed the storytelling that they've been doing in the ring. And Maurice is underrated. I keep saying it. I said it last week going into the pay-per-view. Maurice is underrated. Uh her her, her that she did on Edge was dope towards the end of the match. It's just a pretty cool moment for Edge and Beth to celebrate that uh moment. Uh, Not only with the fans, but also they had their kids at at the front row, which is pretty cool. Uh, You know, the whole story with Edge these last three years with the Rumbles has been really fascinating. You have uh, Edge come back in 2020. He wins the Rumble in 2021. And he has a a fun match on pay-per-view with his wife for the very first time in 2022. I think that's pretty cool, man. I'm really happy for Edge. He's an awesome human being. And he deserves all the flowers and stuff that he gets, man. That guy's the freaking legend. And he's having a killer second run right now. And just like with Punk and what he's doing right now, I just appreciate what we gain from Edge because who knows how long this thing is going to last with Edge. He's always been one of my favorite wrestlers. So uh, I'm happy for him, and it was a pretty cool uh, thing. Uh, Let's talk about the women's Rumble match. And I know oh, there's more scuttlebutt and complaints about that, right? Um... There was a couple standout performances for me. I thought Liv Morgan carried herself well. Um, <laughs> Didn't allow the uh, Shawn Michaels hanging on the top rope thing a little too much during the match, but I, I thought she carried herself well. And, you know I, know, I know a lot of people are thinking, oh, Liv Morgan's going to win the rumble. Who knows? Maybe she might win it next year. Uh, I-, I said it before the day one. What I said it before the day one match uh, that. Liv had with Becky. I just did not think this is going to be Liv's year going against WrestleMania. I didn't. Uh, now, that's not to say that Liv can't win Money in the Bank later this year. I, I, I She would be in my early running against favorites to win a money, uh, money in the Bank ladder match. I could see that happening. But also, you know, I look at it this way. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, why Why was it Liv Morgan? Why is it Bianca Belair winning the Rumble match? Going back to what I mentioned earlier, you're going to find reasons to bitch about it too. I I originally picked Bianca's win. It it would be cool for her to go back to back and get her redemption uh, against Becky Lynch, but that wasn't in the cards for her this year. And who knows? Maybe she'll find her way to get uh, towards Becky Lynch if Ronda Rousey doesn't choose Charlotte as her opponent at WrestleMania. It's still out there, nothing is set in stone yet. All you know, that is stone right now for WrestleMania that's going to be the Tribal Chief and Brock Lesnar, which is obviously the biggest match of the year for WWE, and it's what they've been building up since freaking SummerSlam of last year. So, uh, <laughs> so much for that. Oh, where's the, um, <laughs> where's the, um, where's the, where's the, I'm trying to find the right words for that. Where's the scuttlebutt about that, you know? So... Yeah, I was talking about, or it's just long-term storytelling. Well, here you go. You got a few going on from August. Different turns. Uh, Let's talk about turns, because that that went down with the Brock Lesnar-Bobby Lashley match. Uh, Fun Haas match. Uh, One of my favorite things about the pay-per-view and why I enjoyed the Royal Rumble this year was because they pulled off a thread for what WWE wants it to be the biggest match of the year. They told you up front through this entire show... That Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar is the top match going into WrestleMania this year, and it is. It's been the best feud the company has had in the uh, this year and going into the summertime. Roman Reigns is the hottest act in WWE. His stuff with Brock Lesnar has been the biggest feud in wrestling uh, for WWE. Going into this WrestleMania, you know. You have a spot where Brock Lesnar knocks down the referee. Out comes He Spears. Brock Lesnar. uh, He hits Brock Lesnar with the WWE title. Tribe Chief walks away with Paul Heyman. I was losing my shit. (laughs) Here's the thing, guys. I didn't do the transcript live while the Rumble was going on. I made an outline of my transcripts before I do them. Most of the time, guys, uh, behind the fourth wall of the pro wrestling transcriptions, I usually do not cover the shows live unless it's on YouTube, so if it's like a darkened Elevation or NWA USA, I will cover those shows live, but I rarely ever cover the shows live. I don't, um, especially with uh, pay reviews, I like to sit in processing for myself as a fan and that I could bring to the podcast, uh, and then the charm of the the Transcripts is I get those Content clues when I break it down The match and stuff like that so I was like You know what I got my uncle here why am I gonna Have him sit there while I'm just typing out the article This would be stupid so I sat back and watched the show And we're losing that shit it was a pretty cool moment You know they pulled off uh, a, a turn like that uh, It's not unexpected but I thought it worked and then Bobby Lashley Is the WWE champion He brings the title back to Raw So um which led into what happened the next night. Uh, we're getting this awesome Elimination Chamber match at, at uh, the Elimination Chamber in Saudi. It's Bobby Lashley putting his WWE title line against Brock Lesnar, AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, Austin Theory, and... I'm trying to remember the other one. Uh, let me pull up my article here, actually. I Honestly, th- I I th- guys, I really enjoyed that... Um, Whole scenario because I thought it was good. It's just a, a logical story and a reason as to why Brock Lesnar won the Rumble match. Yeah, I, I just liked how that played out. The fact that they pulled off a thread where Roman Reigns starts the show, he causes Brock Lesnar the title, Brock Lesnar finds his way back into uh, going towards Roman Reigns in WrestleMania. Um, that's pretty dope, man. I think it's it, it's pretty cool. Before we get to the men's Rumble match, I do want to talk about the card for uh, Elimination Chamber. Here it is right here. Uh, like I said, Bobby Lashley against Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, Austin Theory, AJ Styles, and Matt Riddle. Uh, the streamer match for the WWE title. And then, Becky Lynch against Lita for the Raw Women's Championship. Nice little segment to close out Raw this past week. Raw had some really good matches. You know, AJ Styles and Rey Mysterio was dope. Uh, I enjoyed the match with Austin Theory and Kevin Owens. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, Riddle and Otis was fine as well. Uh, Raw's was a pretty solid show uh, Monday night. I, I admit, I, I thought it was a pretty fun show. Uh, it didn't feel like it dragged too much. So I thought that was pretty decent. Um, let's hear a clip from Seth Rollins really quick for the, uh, this past week's
0: Raw. And it has come to my attention that the new champion, Bobby Lashley, is defending his title inside the Elimination Chamber in just a few weeks. And I came to your show with a special announcement about that match. Like an announcement? You—you
2: you
3: didn't tell me you had an announcement for the show. Oh, it's a
0: surprise. Come on. A surprise?
3: A... Well, I—I I, I mean, I just like to get prepared. But it's okay. Okay, surprises are good. That's a surprise. Yeah, yeah, fun. good. Please. Uh, the floor is yours.
1: Give me a drum roll. Come on, big, big moment.
2: A drum
3: Give me roll. A drum
1: roll. Uh, drum roll. Come on. Uh, oh, hey, way better. One of the men who Bobby Lashley will be defending the WWE Championship against inside the
2: Elimination Chamber. Seth freaking Rollins. Yeah,
3: oh. I love it. yeah Seth freaking Rollins. So that's some stuff that went down on Monday Night Raw in uh, Cincinnati. Uh, this past Monday night, let's let's get to the men's rumble match. We'll wrap it up with this because uh, we got some other stuff to do before we get to our main event segment. Um, I'll say this: the uh, the men's rumble match. I thought the placement of the entrance were not where it needs to be from a storytelling aspect with some of the fees that were going on. Um, I mentioned before, my overall takeaway for the show. I thought it was fine. I, I thought the women's Rumble match was better than the men's Rumble match. Uh, it was great to see Melina on the show. Of course, having the GOAT, Mickey Jades out there was awesome. Her making history. She's just... She's a one-of-a-kind human being, man. I'm really happy for her and everything she's doing. I th- I, if you honestly think about it, I don't know who's had a better year or two in wrestling from a female standpoint that Mickey James. I mean, you could bring up Deanna Perrazzo and Bianca Belair, but if you look at collectively and how Mickey has had another resurgence in this new run that she's in in her stage of her career, she's just, she's awesome, man. <laughs> she's one of a kind. Um, back to the men's role match. Uh, and again, like my overall thought of the show is that, yeah, you can call it predictable, but. Just because it's pretty doesn't mean it's not good. I thought, for the most part, this pay-per-view was pretty good. And, you know, I was just a little surprised with some of the choices of the eliminations. Why are you having Mad Cat Moss eliminate AJ Styles? I don't get that. I really don't. Um, I felt bad for Kofi. Shout-out to Kofi. You know, that stuff's about to happen. This is wrestling, after all. It's not... <laughs> It's not what it is, what you think it is all the time. You know, mistakes happen, and uh, that stuff was bound to happen with all the Macy stuff he's done in the past. And, you know, that's unfortunate for Biggie because I knew they were going to do some different set of spots for the New Day there. But that just didn't happen. I was happy to see Drew McIntyre, though. That was one of my favorite moments for the Rumble, him eliminating Corbin and Moss. I thought that was pretty dope. He just went rogue and sent him to the gulag. <laughs> I just thought that was tremendous. Um... Bad Bunny, again, killed it. Great to see him on my screen. Uh, I thought Johnny Knoxville carried himself well. a lot. I thought that was a funny part during the early part of the Rumble. let uh, will speed into to my thoughts of the Shaman man stuff in a couple minutes because I will talk about it because I'm sure some of you been. want to get my thoughts on that and everything that's going on. Um, Brock Lesnar went to Rumble, I get it. I can see why also it turned people off or he just cuts in and just makes everybody looks like Jim Bunker and wins like nothing. But with him being pissed off, I mean, honestly, from a logical standpoint, since we're all talking about logic here, honestly, who's really going to stop Brock Lesnar when he's super pissed off and all this extra stuff. So, uh, I'll throw that out there as well. So, um, yeah, it's the last thing you remember for the show, so I can guess why people could feel sour, sour about that. But honestly, guys, I I really enjoyed the Rumble. Uh, I wouldn't say this is a great pay-per-view or anything like that, but to say it pump up your chest that this is the worst Rumble of all time, get out of here. Honestly, get out of here. And get out of here, too, Wrestling Media. Uh, and sometimes, even as myself, as a Wrestling Media member, I need to drop reality checks because what's been going on the last couple of days with this whole stuff with Shane McMahon and one person saying this and one person saying that. Meltzer saying that Shane McMahon was going to get into the Elimination Chamber and start a feud with Seth Rollins. Another person saying that. Shane McMahon was penciled to be in the chamber to start a feud with Austin Theory at Wrestlemania. I mean, I'm not opposed to seeing Shane McMahon and Austin Theory at Wrestlemania because of the stuff going on with Vince, but all this stuff and then supposedly Shane McMahon is gone from WWE now and it's like, I'm reading this stuff from afar because people send it my way. Like, I, I went on a muting in spree after the rumble because I've had enough with some of the stupid shit that I see all the time on Twitter. I was like, fuck, I'm not I'm not I'm not looking at this stuff anymore. I want, if I'm going to be on Twitter, I'm going to enjoy myself. So I, I deleted, blocked, and muted a lot of people on Friday, uh, on Saturday, and I don't feel bad about it at all. But again, it came to my screen that all these different reports about Shane McMahon leaving and all this stuff and... This thing you got a lot of YouTubers out here that go to like Russell Talk and all these other sites where all the guys talk in the same cadence and the same tone and all use the same verbiage and read off the same scripts, and they take this stuff as gospel. And my 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 advice to you guys, especially those who want to be content creators, especially in the wrestling realm, start thinking for yourself. Really, please. I'm really tired of seeing people getting clicks and clout on YouTube off of just them repeating the same shit that you see from Meltzer and Sean Ross Do something authentic and be yourself. Think for yourself. Just because you heard WrestleTalk mention a report from Dave Meltzer or Mike Johnson or whoever does not mean that it's true. There are good people in this field that do great work. I will not take that away from them. Like John Alba, I think he's he's really good at his job. I I think Justin Barroso's good at his job. John Pollock. Uh, ju- ju- I mentioned Justin Barroso, right? Yep. Yeah, those guys. Uh, I respect um, Sean Rossap, but I cut, I cut the line from there. The Brian Alvarez's in the world, the Wade Keller's ringside news. Brad Shepard. This one's in the cake for me. JD from New York has sources now. <laughs> JD from New York has sources now. Oh my god, where can I throw up? <laughs> oh my god. All this stuff with Shaming Man the last couple days. I'm like, what are we doing here? And honestly, where's the literacy? Do we have any standards here in the wrestling media? We just pupe out shit that fits our confirmation bias and passes off as real news? Is that what we're doing now? Where we'll move goalposts for companies that we don't like by mentioning something that has nothing to do with what's actually happening behind the scenes. And come up with conspiracy theories and all this shit. I mean, the fact that I heard somebody say that Brian Alvarez... Dave Meltzer, the Adam Schefter, and Ian part of professional wrestling made me want to throw up the other day. What? If you look at Adam Schefter or Peter King or any of those guys and they look at the media practices that are done in wrestling media, they would laugh at you. Like, wrestling media is at the lowest tier of journalism. And I'm being honest with that. And I'm as a guy who doesn't do reports. I do result pieces. I make transcripts. I'm into wrestling media. I don't do the reporting because, again, I'm not going to pump out content of stuff, A, that I don't believe in, and two, something that's not true. If I'm going to do something, and I'm going to do wrestling content, I'm not going to lead you astray. I'm not going to run amok, and I'm not going to deceive you. You're going to get cold... Facts. That's the charm of my website. There's nothing on there that's a lie. I tell you everything that went down the show. Good, bad, or different. I I just don't get where the literacy is at. Where, where's the standards at? It's like... You give it off the way that wrestling websites have agendas towards WWE. You have websites that are pro AEW. You have sites and stuff like that. I'm, I'm just looking for some clarity, some actual reporting, some actual journalism being practiced. I went to school for this shit. It's embarrassing to see the people that get clout on you. Ringside News. Now, Ringside News is now the most widely respected source of backstage reports. Oh, Shane McMahon is gonna fight Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. Oh, Shane McMahon is gonna win the Elimination Chamber. Oh, Shane McMahon is gonna fight Austin Theory at WrestleMania. All this stuff, and nothing but fact. Oh, Shane McMahon is gone from WWE. What am I supposed to believe? You can sit here and tell me that I I had to take what Dave Meltzer says seriously. Let's play a clip here from Eric Bischoff. Uh from <laughs> he did a fire a fireback session on uh Dave Meltzer on his A three weeks podcast on com. There's the plug right there for you guys. Um, let me find a clip here because he went off on Dave Meltzer, and this is gonna be tremendous. Here, this clip from from Eric Bischoff. It's all bullshit, bullshit, and Dave sets himself up for this by suggesting that oh, Bruce doesn't really dislike me. This is all just a work. But Eric, he's a mean, vile person. He said bad things about me when things have happened to me personally. Name one, Muckerfather.
2: Name one. I've made fun of you because you look like a fucking
3: goof. You Tongue-wagging, fucking bicycle-seat-sniffing little piece of shit. And, yeah, you are a little piece of shit. I don't care what you jack yourself up with. You're a little piece of shit. Dude. You you want so badly to be recognized as someone who's really important to the industry when, in fact, you're nothing but a fucking parasite who's made a half a million dollars a year writing about shit that you know nothing about and reporting stuff that half the time isn't true anyway. Oh, man. I don't know how you guys do it, man. I I really, really don't. <laughs> Yep, yeah, so Meltzer, Meltzer, Meltzer. Shame mcmahon man. has gone from WWE. God. Lord, help me. I know this is like the edition of This Week in WWE, but we had a lot to talk about the Rumble, and I had some stuff I needed to get off my chest, so thank you guys for bearing with me. But before we get to our main event, I do want to mention what's going on in XC UK today, because it is my favorite WWE show. Uh, we have... Island Dawn against the Mila Greats. We have uh, the finals of these number one contender tag team tournament today. It's um, Ashton Smith and Alvacota. Jonathan Hood's favorite NXT UK superstar Ulfukata. Uh They'll be taking on uh, the team of Dave Massive and Jack Stars. That should be a fun match. And then the main event is Miko Sanomora. NACUK women's title Online in a Japanese street fight against Blair Davenport. I think I need to add Blair Davenport to the wrestling playbook. Um, that's patent pending, of course. Uh, that's something uh, I may have to update sometime. Man, her warfall knows no bounds. Anyways, <laughs> that that match should be pretty dope. NXT UK is a lot of fun. If you haven't seen... Ilya Dragunov and Jordan Devon from last week, the empty arena match for the World Championship, is fucking awesome. It's one of the best matches of the year so far. Go out your way to check it out. On that note, it's time to talk about what everybody's been waiting for. Our signature segment here on the Hoots Podcast, widely known and affectionately known as What the Hell Is Wrong with AEW. We're going start to start this bad boy off with Bernard Carter in a three, two, one beat
2: your meat, beat, beat your meat, beat your meat,
1: beat, beat your meat,
2: beat your meat, beat, beat your meat, beat your meat, beat, beat your meat. Beat, beat your meat.
0: It's time for What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. What the hell is wrong with AEW? Well, Dynamite, back in Chicago, great wrestling town, home of the host of this wonderful podcast, the one, the only, nefarious brother Adam, home of CM Punk, should be great. Nothing could possibly go wrong, right? (laughs) Oh, God, tonight's show was crap. All right, let's get into it. Talk about the good stuff. Man, Daniel Bryan's, uh, sorry, Brian Danielson was bringing the heat tonight. Daniel Bryan. Ha! Brian Danielson was bringing the heat tonight, and I love it. I haven't heard anything wrong with what he was saying about any of the superstars in the company. It was great. I, if, if he wants to ally himself with Moxley, I'm totally cool with that. No problems with that at all. Maybe he's just trying to recreate the main event mafia. We'll see. But if it leads to them allying themselves for a while and then getting into a feud and having a match, no problems there. I thought that was great. I think Dan Lambert just made himself the biggest face in the company by interrupting Brandy Rhodes. Good God, Brandy Rhodes is absolutely useless. And we're going to get into the crap about that later. But once again, Dan Lambert, chef's kiss. 10 out of 10, outstanding. I love Dan Lambert and everything that he does. Really good match with the House of Black and Penta El Zero Miero and Pac. Really great storytelling and the ending makes sense with uh, Black using the mist. I thought that was great. No problems with that at all. And an okay match with Nyla Rose and Ruby Soho. It wasn't bad. Um, it was an odd finish in what I thought was an otherwise good match. Um, I will say, as far as good stuff goes, I thought that the Punk and MJF match, there were some nice moments in there. Uh, Punk sold very well. MJF sold really well. Uh, Punk you know, held his own, but you could tell he was getting tired near the end. So there was some good stuff. And I, overall, I thought the match was pretty good. Um, but well, we're going to get into the rough stuff about that. It wasn't the most egregious thing of the evening, but we're going to get into the end of that in just a little bit. Okay, let's get to the crap. Why is Dan Housen out with best friends? I, I mean, well, I mean, I, I, I sort of get it though, because since this clown looks like it's Halloween every single day, I guess he works with the rest of these clowns who like to play dress up all the time and act like complete goofballs, but man, Dan Housen had this cult following and what does he do the following week? Comes out with best friends. Man, great use of some new talent there. Hey, this is a freaking comedy hour with these two clowns. Amateur hour at best. Um, I thought Moxley looked fine in his match with Wheeler Yuta, but he made Yuta look like a clown. Like, he just he just made him look like a joke, I thought. Okay. What the hell is the point of Paige Van Zandt versus Brandy Rhodes? That's absolutely ridiculous. I, d- Rhodes comes out, cuts a stupid-ass promo... And then Paige Van Zant comes out, and now we're going to get a random brawl between them. It's ridiculous. I, I echo your sentiments completely, Chicago, when you told her to shut the fuck up. I was doing the same thing, sitting watching at home. So, so freaking stupid. How has Isaiah Cassidy earned a TNT title match? But of course, you know, rankings matter in AEW, right? <sighs> so stupid. It's the TV title. Just call it what it is and call it the TV title and be done with it and move on. Okay. I want to like Adam Cole in AEW, like really, really badly I do. I lo- when he's at his best, Adam Cole is one of the best in the world. Really, truly. I want to like him so bad, but I'm just having a hard time doing it. I get why he left WWE, and I've said that multiple times on this program, on this podcast. I know why he left WWE, and I get it. Like, I probably would have left too. But what he's doing in AEW is not good and makes no sense at all. Also, he's got to go to the gym, man. Apparently, he's taking the Chris Jericho uh, training regiment, and he's just letting himself go. And you can tell in his ring, and his physique, it's just ridiculous. Also, what, why insult Brandon Cutler? It's just getting old at this point. This feud with the Gun Club and the Lucha Express is so random. Like, it just what's the point? It just, it's just on again, off again. And if you don't watch Rampage, you don't know what's going on. And I don't watch Rampage, so I don't know why I would have a reason to care about this feud. Tony Schiavone has become Mean Gene Okerlund. No disrespect to that because, you know, Mean Gene Okerlund, legend. Love me some Me Gene. Got to meet him in person one time. Really, really cool down-to-earth dude. Loved me, loved me some Me Gene. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I don't think that's why Ski Bone was brought into the company. I'm just saying. Also, it doesn't feel like Adam Page is the AEW world champion. He's just not relevant. He's like the fifth or sixth or seventh most important feud in the company. And he's the world champion. Booker of the year, pal. The pacing of the brawl with Paige and Archer wasn't good. It was just so random. You got Dan Lambert, you got Jake the Snake, then Archer comes out. It, was, it, it didn't work, and, and I don't care about the Texas Death Match next week. I just don't. Okay, let's get to the main event. They gave Punk and MJF 40 minutes, which is great. I actually don't have a problem with that. I love that. But I have to admit, and I really have to say this, I felt like the match felt like it dragged at times. It felt like they had to reuse certain spots and exchanges just in order to fill time. And I know there are like 20 or 30 other people on the roster that you could use to boost some of the feuds because I know there's a bunch of people in AEW's payroll that aren't doing anything but getting paid and think that they're actually making it in the professional wrestling business. But that's just me. Um, But yeah, so it just felt like they had to reuse certain spots and it just felt a little bit forced and a little bit long at times. Also, now the referees are competent in AEW. When you have 40 minutes to fill, then all of a sudden we're going to start to potentially maybe sometimes use the rules and restart the match with the potential choking of the tape when MJF was caught. Now we're getting competent referees in AEW when it's convenient for the company. How does that make sense if you're trying to build a legitimate sports brand, a legitimate sports entertainment company? Oh, wait, you're not, because this is AEW, and it is an absolute disgrace and waste of my time. Seriously, what the hell is wrong with AEW? This has been...
3: What the hell is wrong
0: with A.E.W. All
3: right. Thank you, Brother Carter. Oh, it's pretty my man. Brother Carter is one of a kind. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Derek Stoughton. Support us work at DerekStoughton.com and WrestlingRumors.net. Alright, what the hell is wrong with A.W.? Well, what isn't wrong with A.W.? i gonna talk about my experience going to uh, my first Dynamite in Rampage. Uh, not Rampage, this is my second Rampage, actually. But my first Dynamite in general. Um, I gotta say, for my first time being in the Wind Truss Arena, uh, it's... Definitely one of the more comfortable arenas that I've been to in Chicago. Um, i say their seats are just as good as the ones at the United Center, so that's a plus. I appreciate that. Um, Getting out of the building was good. They have escalators. Uh, It it was a nice setup, and getting out of the building was not a problem. Um, I like the setup. I like the look of the arena. It was pretty dope. I knew they had this... um, Arena, they did a lot of shows there. I was like They had that infamous Puck at Jeff confrontation there. They had, I think, the first Revolution pay per view was at uh, Wintrust, right? So, you know, for my first time being down there, it's good. I I I don't regret going out to the show. I I was not expecting us to be hit with two different snowstorms in consecutive days, but try to make the best out of it. And I I feel, you know, I'm happy that I went. I really am. I'm I'm glad that I went. It was a good time. Um, I thought the show, for the most part, was uh, good. Um, You know, getting back to, you know, getting back to the house and then during the transcript at 2 o'clock in the morning, I definitely would see why maybe I wouldn't enjoy this show if I was at home. Watching going back to what I mentioned earlier, the uh, Good Birds Q&A session, Uh, I've noticed that I've enjoyed aW more at the shows than watching it on TV so I will say that first off um, so about the stuff I did like uh, first off I do like the fact that aw does keep people engaged during the co- uh, commercial breaks that's a nice touch it's not just commercial ads and you know people are losing their entry or two and out before the next segment hats uh it's a good thing like justin robbins uh says that we're live back in five four three two one so it's good i i, I like that they do that that i think that's a good strategy um you know what I'll start with this uh, i enjoyed uh the john moxley wheeler unit match um there's something attached to that, which I'll get to in a couple minutes, but um, I thought John Moxley, you weird know, it was a solid match to start off the show. Uh, I am in agreement with Brother Carter. The whole stuff with Dan Housen and Orange Cassidy was fucking ridiculous. I had the facepalm expression, if you will, over my seat while that was going on. Why would John Moxley ever be scared of fucking Dan Housen? Uh, just stop. Please... Can we stop with the outlaw freaks, please? So John Moxley won, which led into this conversation with Bright Karen Danielson. Karen Danielson wants to be friends with uh John Moxley as if we don't have enough friends and factions in AEW. Uh he had the interesting concept, you know, bring in Lee Moriarty, bring in Daniel Garcia. It's not a bad idea. I do, I do get what Brian was saying. I appreciate the sentiment. Um, I just try to see the match, to be honest with you. Uh, Moxley didn't say anything. He, uh, Brian said just think about it. So, see this is something that could play out. Maybe it's just a ruse to have Moxley fight Brian Daneson at Revolution. And if that's a match for Revolution, more power him. I think that'd be pretty dope. Um, what else did I like for the show? The... Uh, House of Black match with Pentagon and uh, Pac was dope. Uh, cool story. Uh, sitting next to me was a family, a young couple and their son. The son was dressed up as Pentagon Jr. That was pretty dope. I got to see him mark out for Pentagon. He had the whole gear on. He had the mask. He did the whole center thing. I thought that was pretty cool. Like a nine-year-old kid sitting next to me. Uh, just marking out for Pentagon Jr. I thought that was awesome. So that, that was a cool part of the show. Um, some interesting chance as there always is with wrestling events. I'll say that. One thing I will mention uh, something that hasn't been aired yet. Uh, I saw AW Dark Elevation before the show went on air and... Um, I can't believe that I'm saying this and I might get some flack for this from Bernard Carter but I think I might be tuning I might be changing my tune on the acclaimed Go on your way to watch, listen to Max Castor's rap on Chicago uh, on Dark Elevation on Monday Oh my god, I was crying my ass off. I was laughing my ass off more and more. It, it was just Oh my God, man! That <laughs> I, I can see why they're hit with the live audience because uh, again, that's an example of like something that may not resonate with you on TV resonates better in person. Um, I noticed that a lot of the acclaim. Uh, they, I thought they were fantastic, and then the whole stuff the Ask Boys. I thought that was just pretty funny. Um, what else? What else I could say for the show? Um. Let's talk about, let's talk about uh, CM Punk and MJF. Um, loved the match. Um, got a little bit emotional to see my guy come out. This is the first match I got to see CM Punk in a match in person since 2013. Think about that, guys. Almost nine years since I saw a CM Punk match. It was a 3-on-1 handicap match at the, uh, the Allstate Arena for Christmas house shows. The Shield against uh, CM Punk. Interesting time here there that day, too. Um, so it, it, it was a wild experience, and I, I that was just a good time checking that out. And um, we had um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, Pumpkin and Jeff, it was pretty cool. I love the story that they're telling. I, I will mention this the officiating for Bryce Rensselaer was bullying, shoe, ugly. I might even say brutal, Bob Evans, bad. Just... I the fact that they were they did the whole bit where MGF brings out like a a roll of tape or some type of rope and wrap, kind of like a gary like wraps it around Punk's neck, and I'm watching this live in person, seeing this is happening, and like Bryce runs his facial expression trying to pretend that he's not seeing it, and they're doing this bit, and it's supposed to lead into oh Punk, uh, Punk supposedly passing out to MGF. And then Ejioff drops to Garrett, he sees it, restarts the match, blah, 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 blah. I just thought the officiating in that match was just brutal. Um, No knocks on Rick Knox. Uh, I was curious to see how that was going to be in person, but no really faults on him on that end. Nothing nothing out of the ordinary. Um, Yes, Miss Aubrey Edwards is all about Aubrey Edwards in person as much as she likes to play it off. She is an attention freak. Uh, By the way, uh, check out the Aubrey Edwards play. I I think it may work out for you guys. (laughs) So, I thought the puck FGF match was good. Um, I had a feeling that it was going to have FGF win because it looked like they were going to do a rematch at Revolution. Um, I will say this, though. The... The decision to make this a 40-minute match with a uh, finish like that, I just think it's a bad idea if you're saving it for a pay-per-view. If anything, for me, and I'm happy Punk got the main event and all, but if it was me and they were going to do that finish, I would have had to start the show. Um, And if anything, had that tag match be the main event because that's probably what it should have been. Uh, you know the whole thing with black spitty, black mist and Pentagon's face. I, I just think that would have been a better close off. But um, yeah, I the match with Pumpkin and Jeff was really good. I thought there were parts of it, uh, especially during the picture. You guys probably didn't hear during the picture uh, picture breaks. I thought the crowd's were more trying to duel with each other with different types of chants that they wanted to come up creatively, more than actually paying attention to the match. Which I thought was unfortunate. I did love the New York suck chance. I did participate in that. In case of anybody's wondering at home. I did participate in that. Because New York does suck. It absolutely sucks. New York is trash. Philly is trash. All the East Coast is trash. Sorry, sorry uh, Chris and uh, Referee Tony S. <laughs> I just got to say the East Coast sucks. Um, anyways. So I enjoyed my experience at dynamite i really did i had a good time i'm glad that i went and it was a good time now let's get to the crap of what you guys want, want to hear from me i don't know if i could follow up from bern carter <laughs> when he said at the end that AEW is a disgrace and a waste of my time <laughs> i feel that way a lot guys i really do uh, especially when it comes to like aw dark this week that felt forever in 12 matches and three of them were like 15 minutes each. Oh man, it was like a slog on Tuesday. But um, let's talk about everybody. talking about uh from the show yesterday, Brandy Rhodes and Dan Lambert. Please, for the love of God, please never allow me to be in an arena where Brandy Rhodes cuts a promo again. For the love that's all that's good, please never allow me to sit through that again. Please. The fact that Dan Lambert was getting cheered for admitting that he's a sexist and he's about to be a part of cancel culture, it just tells you how shitty Brandy Rose is on the microphone. Don't get me wrong, like he pointed out, her fun backs look good, and I'm sure she's a great one-night stand, but I don't know how Cody does it. If you pictured the annoying wife that you don't want to deal with, Brandy Rose fits that to the T. And all due respect to her as a person, I don't know her, anything like that, but Brandy Rose, the character, absolutely sucks on all fronts. Oh, my God. This segment... <laughs> I, I, the blessing for this segment was, for me, was seeing Paige Van Zandt coming down the ring. Mamma mia, MMA's finest waterfall. Paige Van Zandt. <laughs> here to save the day for everybody. That was just bad TV. I don't know what else to say. That was just bad TV. Uh, same stuff with Heyman, Paige, and Lance Archer. They're having this Texas Deathmatch next week for the AEW title. Um... Here's my thing, guys. I, I I'm a fan of Hangman Page. I I enjoy his work, but does he really feel like the guy? Does he really feel like the world champion right now? That's my question for you guys. I I just I didn't feel like I didn't feel that way when I was at the show last night. I saw he was just another guy on the show, and you never want to feel feel that way about your world champion. Uh, I'll say that. Um, Chris asked a question earlier about question marks regarding the Revolution pay-per-view and it ties into what was mentioned earlier with CM Punk and NGF. So you're giving 40 minutes away a Punk and NGF off the bat because it's in Chicago. You're giving away Heyman Page and Lance Archer at Revolution. Unless it's Adam Cole fighting Heyman Page at Revolution for the title, what incentive do we have to watch this show right now? There's not one match confirmed for the show, I sure will have a face of the revolution ladder match, blah, 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 blah. Might get the punk and MJF rematch. Do you know who Britt Baker is fighting on the show? Where was she last night? (laughs) Uh, Might get something with Chris Jericho and Eddie Kingston. Oh, by the way, let me mention this. Why in the blue ever fuck are we doing a 10th different version of an inner circle meeting? Who cares about these segments? A town hall meeting. God. The stuff when they bring Eric Bishop in. The state of the inner circle. There's so many. I think they did like six or seven of these already. And this group, for the love of God, please. I was hoping they were doing it last night, but... No, we need to... Brandy Rose to cut a Pro ball. You could have got more heat and did something with the inner circle for this segment than waiting for it for next week. That's just my opinion. But, yeah, like, I, I have questions about Revolution, too. I mean, of course, C. Puck and F will get a hot crowd and stuff like that, but, um, they gotta figure out, because Revolution's not like in five weeks, it's like, Three weeks is right around the corner, so they gotta figure out what they want to do for their talent programs and what the other big matches are gonna be. I can see possibly uh, Pac fighting Malachi Black, I think that'd be cool. Uh, maybe Boxley and Brian Dancer that possibly be a match, but yeah, <laughs> this show that I noticed in person. It was a good time being there. I enjoyed my experience at a- with AEW more in person than watching it on TV when I got back. And also, the fact, the matter is, there's no filter there. It's not a filter there. And the stuff that went on uh, going into the show with Brian Kendrick, where he had to be removed from the show because of past comments, there's not enough due diligence and Filtering that's in that locker room or backstage AEW in general, and I think that shows within the show, even with creative or anything like that. It's just I feel like it's a free for all fest, and anybody can do what they want. And I just don't think that's a smart strategy. But all in all, I had a good time with AEW. But Brandy Rhodes talking, the stuff with Heyman Page and Lance Archer, a Ted team meeting conference call with the inner circle all that stuff it's what the hell is wrong with aew this week all right folks i want to thank you guys for hanging out with me for episode 295 of the Who's podcast this is a good one this is a very good one Uh, i appreciate bernard carter for the set i hope you guys enjoyed that bit this is our pilot version so it'll be updated as the the next time we do it uh it's gonna be sporadic we're not gonna do it every week I hope you enjoyed the concept of it, and um, thank you guys for hanging out with me. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Please leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to type in the Hoots Podcast because you free of charge every single Thursday. Just type in the Hoots Podcast; it'll be right there for your listening pleasure. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, YouTube.com/backslash the Hoots Podcast. Make sure to bookbarprowrestlingtranscripts.com if you want to follow me on Twitter. You can at Josh Media. Make sure to hit me up at Instagram at lopez 94 That's J O S H I E Lopez94. And at Josh lopez music. <clears throat> Make sure to follow Brother Carter at Twitter at stalin at DerekO6 on Instagram and SportsWork at DerekStoutland.com. For Brother Carter, I am Brother Adam. This has been episode 295 of the Who's Podcast, where folks be the authentic product that is yourself. And remember, nobody dictates the pace of your life but yourself. Uh, before you know it'll be the road to elimination chamber and guess what folks we're five episodes away from reaching episode 300 we'll see you guys next week for the Who's podcast Uh, yes sir